We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, November the 10th, 2020. On today's show, former Gamecocks football player Alex McGrath joins me. He does each and every single Tuesday. As we try to make sense of the mess right now that is Gamecock football, we'll talk a little bit about the game this Saturday as South Carolina falls to Texas A&M 48-3, but obviously we're spending most of the show talking Will Muschamp, the ongoing rumors in regards to a possible coaching change. We'll also talk about the potential candidates for the South Carolina job. I'll get Alex's thoughts on some of the names, some of the candidates that are floating around right now, just some of his thoughts, what he thinks, who he thinks South Carolina needs to go after. Also, we switch it up a little bit here on a Tuesday. Hey, we got to get some positivity in this show, right? Because obviously Gamecock football didn't give us much to talk about. So it is Masters week. Alex and I do touch a little bit on the Masters, the tournament this weekend. But obviously a packed show, a really fun conversation with Alex as always. So sit back, relax, and enjoy, guys. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Service, guys, is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. So, guys, they're not a trucking company. They are a moving services company. They're also employee-owned co-op, which means their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is just as invested in the success of the project as you are. They also have dedicated professional crew members, and they offer black glove service, guys, which means they offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating, and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. Oh, by the way, guys, they were founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni. So, guys, a Gamecock-owned small business. You know I'm all about this on the Spurs Up show. Gamecocks helping Gamecocks. You absolutely love to see it. They also offer 20 years of project management and moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, check them out. They're on social media, at Upstate Movers Group, and, of course, their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. We all know the pain, the hassle that moving can be, guys. If you have any moving needs, especially if you're in the upstate, but if you're on the state of South Carolina and you have moving needs, Upstate Movers Group is the way to go. Again, guys, Nobody likes moving all their stuff. It's a pain. You, 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 you lose things. You break things. And honestly, it just takes a lot of work. And there's a lot of moving pieces whenever you're moving. I know I hate moving. It's one of my least favorite things to do. Let the guys over at Upstate Movers Group take care of you. Again, service is what separates them from their competition. Their people truly do take pride in the job they do. And oh, by the way, guys, if I need to convince you anymore, which I shouldn't have to, 
but they're founded by University of South Carolina alumni. Gamecocks helping Gamecocks. It's a no-brainer, guys. If you're a Gamecock in the upstate or around the state of South Carolina, be sure to contact my friends over at Upstate Movers Group. So, again, check them out on social media. You can find them at Upstate Movers Group. And, of course, their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That is upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. The show is also brought to you by our friends over at Yardware. Speaking of Gamecock alumni, because they were also founded by the University of South Carolina alumni, Yardware is a veteran-owned and operating company licensed by the University of South Carolina selling must-have Carolina yard and wall signs. Now, guys, these signs, they are made out of 12-gauge laser-cut steel, and I'm telling you guys, obviously, I have one. You are going to feel that quality, and see that detail when you get your sign. Oh, by the way, they come in both garnet and black, so whatever color you fancy, you can get it. Football season's in full swing. Christmas is right around the corner. The holidays are coming up. Like I said over the weekend, guys, we all know Will Muschamp sucks. One thing is for certain, though, these signs, they do not suck. You can order yours today at YardwareSigns.com. That is YardwareSigns.com. Again, guys, I have one in my studio the detail and the quality is really what makes these things stand out. And these things are a must-have. And I mean a must-have for any Gamecock fan. Like I said, guys, the holidays, Christmas is creeping up on us. It's right around the corner. Gift shopping is tough, right? Like, what do I get this person? What do I get them? What are they going to like? I don't even know what they want. If they're a Gamecock fan, this is a piece. This is an item they need in their life. And, guys, you can put it anywhere. You can put it in your yard, your office, your studio, your garage, your man cave, your living room, your dining room, your bedroom. It is a fantastic piece. It can go anywhere, and it's a great piece for any Gamecock fan. Oh, by the way, one last thing. Extremely, and I mean extremely affordable. Only $34.95. So if you're looking for like a, a good stocking stuffer, maybe, hey, maybe you're going to a Christmas party. I know we still got COVID going on, but come on, you guys know you're going to be going to Christmas parties, right? And you want to get somebody a gift. You don't want to go crazy on the gift, but you want to get them something nice. This is the perfect thing if they're a Gamecock fan. So again, that's my friends over at Yardware Signs. You can find them on social media as well, that Yardware Signs. And check them out on their website to put your order in today, yardwaresigns.com. That is yardwaresigns.com. Again, be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Lastly, guys, the show is presented to you by our friends over at My Bookie. Guys, My Bookie, between the NFL, college football, there's no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available, on all of your favorite sports and events, you can turn your game day into payday with my bookie. Guys, if you're the person who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple on a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. And of course, guys, we're South Ghana fans. We're well-versed on this. Don't forget about the underdogs. They have a ton of value. The thing about college football and the NFL, guys, and really sports in general, the underdogs are never really underdogs. Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do as well. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets. It's never too late to get on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Guys, a sign up, go to mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag. And when you do, use the promo code GAMECOCKS to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. So, guys, you go to mybookie.ag, put in promo code GAMECOCKS, and you put in 1000 bucks. They are going to match that. They are going to literally give you a $1,000 free play. And what that means is, hey, you put $1,000, let's say you put $1,000 on Rory McIlroy to win the Masters this weekend, or Brooks Koepka or DJ, or whoever your player is. You put a grand on them. Why not? Let's see what happens. If they lose, you don't lose the money. It's a free play, right? It's just a free play. It doesn't matter. It floats away. You win. 
that money goes into your bank account. Guys, it is a win-win scenario. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. So, guys, again, that's promo code GAMECOCKS at mybookie.ag. Promo code GAMECOCKS for you to claim your bonus when you make your first deposit. Stack UFC cards, golf bets. Like I said, guys, the Masters is this week. Get your golf bets in. All the major sports, NFL, college football, you name it, they've got it over at mybookie.ag. So sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at mybookie. Let's get it. Every single Tuesday, former Gamecocks football player Alex McGrath. Alex, obviously we have a lot to get into today and not all of it's even going to be involved on the field because we all know what happened on Saturday. I don't feel like there's really a whole lot to talk about, much to break down from a game where you get beat by 45 points. So on a more positive note, Alex, appreciate you taking the time. Hope you had a great week. And by the way, you see I'm rocking the Masters shirt. Happy Masters week, my friend. We Happy Masters week. Here. A tradition unlike any other, man. How fired up are you to watch some? Uh, I mean, think about this sports weekend. We've got college football, and then we got the Masters. Like, I, you can't draw it up much better than that. And NFL, it's the best. Yeah, yeah. so full on sports weekend. Yeah, and we're we're gonna talk about golf, by the way, in, in this show because I'm so fired up. I was telling you off air. I was literally watching live from the Masters, and they were showing the course, and it's like wide open. There's no ropes this year. And it's like it's crazy. I think it's gonna be so awesome for people to actually get a look at the golf course without the grandstands and the people. It's going to be cool. But anyways, let, let's 100%. let's start first, of course, with Gamecocks football. We have to start there. South kind of falling 48-3 to over the weekend at Williams-Brice at Texas A&M, and I see you shaking your head, Alex. I know you talk, we talked about you didn't get to watch a ton of the game. You were out of town, and obviously you did not miss anything. But um, we were obviously both really skeptical, right, going in this game. I mean, Texas A&M, a top-10 team. You've never beaten them. But I don't think either one of us could have imagined what happened at williams Bryce Saturday. I mean, I, I've told people this since that game. You just – I mean, you, there are a few times in sport, especially in college football, where you're going to see such a thorough ass-whipping. There's no other way to put it. Just a thorough beating in all phases of the game. When you saw that score, and I'm sure you scrolled through, like, the stats and stuff, I mean, wh- where did your mind go? Could you even believe what you were looking at? Yes and no. Um, <laughs> hey, just, I, better question. Better question. Could you believe that we kicked a field goal down forty-one enough? And I know the answer to that is yes. It was. It, it was at that <laughs> point I turned. I was watching it on my phone. I, I was a, a little golf trip with a bunch of my buddies, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of them are big Clemson guys, so they were all watching the Notre Dame game. So clearly, I lost control of that TV. So I was just watching it on my phone, and when we lined up to kick the field goal, <laughs> I just turned it off i was like what 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 are we doing here did did you hear the explanation from muschamp of why they kicked it i no no i didn't look at anything this is like this is golden then because we're gonna get your live reaction 
In the post game, Muschamp said the reason they kicked the field goal is because Parker had missed a few the last couple of weeks, and he wanted to get him some confidence and get him a get him a field goal make. Let him let him attempt the field goal and make it to build confidence. He said that out loud to yes. somebody. <laughs> yes, in the presser. Yes, yes. He needed he needed to get his year senior kicker some confidence going into a big matchup against Ole Miss. Get some gotta get gotta get some reps for the kick I, <laughs> for okay, the fifth year sure. for the fifth year senior kicker. Um, again, the jokes just write themselves. Will Muschamp, you can't make this stuff up. And again, that's where it all falls. Let, I, I will actually say, let's stay on the field first because we're going to get into Muschamp. But we all know what needs to happen. Okay, we all understand the change that needs to happen, whether or not that will buyout be damned. I think it should. But again, it, that's the change that has to happen. I think at this point, it's evidence clear. We're going to get in that in just a second. But I do want to talk about because we've been very adamant. I've been very adamant as far as quote-unquote, defending Colin Hill. And I made this point, and I'll tell you, Alex, that the big thing with me is with Colin Hill, I wasn't more so defending him and saying, like, you know, he's this elite player and he's the end-all, be-all. You know, he's the only guy that should touch the field for South Carolina. But I wanted people after LSU, at least, to realize he's he's not the number one problem. He's not the only problem, we should say. And you watch that game on Saturday night, and I think that's very evident and clear. I mean, guys dropping balls left and right, couldn't get anything going in the run game. Obviously, Colin played terrible. I think he went like eight for 22 through two picks. It was, was a horrid game for him. I, I'm not defending that. And so now coming in this old Miss game, you know, fair or not fair, because, again, I still think there's all types of – I mean, this entire team has questions on it at this point, but – there's question marks all around the offense still. You still don't have anybody not named Shy Smith that can make a play on the outside. And, and if you can't get Kevin Harris going, what we saw on Saturday night is going to be the result. But I would argue to you, Alex, I think almost at this point, I hate to say for the sake of changing things just to change them, I feel like at this point your hand is forced. You, you have to make a change at quarterback. Because, I mean, you've basically already lost the fan base, if you're Will Muschamp. And it's seeming like, you know, we're talking here late on a Monday, and it's seeming like, unfortunately, the move is probably not going to be made at least until maybe next week if they lose to Ole Miss or end of season. So I think to, in any way, save some type of face, I, I think you've got to make the move now. And, and change your quarterback. Like I said, if nothing else, get Ryan Holinsky out there, get Luke Doty. I don't give a damn which one it is, but I just don't feel like you can you can trot Colin Hill back out there again in, in good conscience. I mean, probably. I mean, you shouldn't because what, at the end of the day, what are you playing for here? Right. And if right. you're talking about getting reps for your fifth-year kicker down – how many 41 is that? To zero. Seven touchdowns <laughs> right. in the fourth quarter. Like, there's no reason not to like let your other quarterbacks take reps. And you know, at this point in the season, you might as well start throwing them out there and see what you got. Mm-hmm. Because even if Colin is the more polished player, knows the system better, something's not working. Mm-hmm. And you're right, he he is not the focal point of why we have struggled this year. Like he played really, really well the first really up until LSU. Or well enough for us to win right? up until LSU. And then that's just gone completely sideways. I, like, then. Alex, so, almost, I almost think at this point you have to give people a reason to even want to watch. I, I mean, as bad as things have gotten. You know what I mean? Like, I think you almost have <laughs> yeah. to give the common fan, like, a reason to tune in. I mean, and granted, I mean, listen, again, I, I'm not questioning Carolina fans' loyalty. They'll tune in. They showed up every game for an 0-11 season. They'll, they'll tune But just in the sense of, like, hope. I mean, again, you've you've basically completely lost the fan base. 
So mm-hmm. you got to change something. And again, I hate to say for the sake of just changing things, but you've kind of seen the Colin Hill thing out too. Um, he, he is who he is. You don't know what Ryan Linsky is going to really do for you if you start him, or you really don't know what Luke Doty is going to do. So like I said, I just think like you're saying, I mean, I, I hate to be that person because I was just arguing against this last week of saying, oh, the season's a lost cause, the season's a wash, whatever. But at this point, like you're saying, what are you really playing for? Why not roll the dice? Like, you, you kind of have to. Right. You got to give yourself the best chance to win. And, I mean, obviously they think that's Colin, but at the same time, it's not working. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's just it, not, I mean, you've got – And I, I think it would also be different if Luke Doty was the backup. And you could argue against, well, he is a true freshman. He's never played. It's a huge risk. I mean, Ryan Linsky started every game last year. So you you right. know behind Colin you have a guy that, again, we've talked about Ryan Helinski. He's not a perfect quarterback. He's not a perfect player by any stretch. But he has played good football in meaningful games. I mean, it's not like it's a, he's a fully unknown. He's never touched the field. I mean, this is a guy that that more than held his own last year as a true freshman. Correct. And so I, 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 I honestly have no idea why, you know, even when they're, cause Ryan didn't come in until after the very, field goal. yeah. Very, he's the one that actually led the field goal drive. So his final okay. stats, which this is how bad the game was, Alex. I, I handed out game balls for offense and defense just because I was like, I do it every game. Ryan Helinski got my game ball for offense and he went four for six for 34 yards. So I bet, that's I was sick. like, hey, there's who else? Who else? There's a it's a bright spot. We're I thinking. mean, that's um, it. but no, I think, yeah, I, I think you just gotta get somebody else in there because it's you need to you need a spark mm. at this point yeah. because it's just I mean, how many points we scored against LSU? Eleven? Um twenty well, twenty-four, but seven of it 24. was really, really late. So I mean, you know. Yeah, so it's just you, you, we, we you need to do something different, mm. which you know to us starts at the top. So yeah. <laughs> that's, I'm sure we'll take up a good bit of the discussion. Yeah. And like you said, it starts at the top and that, that's the big thing as far as that spark and that change. And that's why we both so adamantly, adamantly believe that, I mean, a changing of the guard is necessary. We were just talking off air and I mean, people have seen it on social media at this point, but I put out a clip, you know, from, uh, from the podcast or whatever Monday. And to me, the Will Muschamp era is unofficially officially over in my mind, in the mind of most fans, it is over. This thing is done. Fans have lost hope. They've lost any semblance of confidence that this thing could turn around, will turn around, is headed in any sort of positive trajectory. I mean, again, you're seeing what exactly happened after you beat Georgia last year. It's happening right again this year. <laughs> yeah. you, beat, you, you beat Auburn. You feel like maybe there's a glimmer of hope. You have something to build off of, and you've gotten absolutely – I mean – I didn't think it could get much worse in regards to how embarrassed I was leaving Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. I I didn't think you could lose worse than that necessarily. And, damn it, did you just outdo everything I thought was possible against Texas A&M with that performance? Um, My biggest takeaway from Saturday Night Alex is I really think Will Muschamp has lost this football team. That that was the only takeaway I could leave that game with when you have two weeks to get ready and you display that type of performance that we saw on the field – um, there's been a lot of chatter, obviously a lot of swirling rumors, and I think they were all kind of wishful thinking, wishful rumors, if you will. Nothing obviously has happened as we talk again here on a Monday afternoon. Um, you know, for me, it's it's buyout be damned. I, I, I don't I don't believe, I, and I know we've both talked, and from other people I've talked to, if South Carolina really wants to buy this man out and they're really sick and tired and they're really ready to pull the plug and make that decision – 
I think they can do it. Um, it's easier said than done. I, I, I know that you got to figure out how you're going to pay that $13 million, But I have to imagine, you know, from hearing the rumors that I've heard, Alex, of the Board of Trustee has been meeting, having Zoom meetings. And again, like we joke, they're not talking about their round of golf over the weekend. They're talking about the head coaching status of their head coach of their university. Um, I've heard other things as well. You've seen names floating around from Hugh Freeze to Shane Beamer to Billy Napier. And, you know, obviously we'll talk about that in just a second. But it seems like for the first time in a while, you know, the, the chatter's been there, the fire must champ, but it seems like the first time that I, I, I've seen in a while or whatever that I think the wheels are seriously turning. Like I think the powers that be that be at USC are kind of like enough is enough here. And I think it's just if South – it gives me, if nothing else, to think if South Carolina keeps losing football games, Will Muschamp will not see it to 2021. Again, COVID-19, pandemic, economics, buyout be damned. There's just no way he's going to be back as South Carolina's head coach in 2021 at this rate, in my opinion. No, I mean, I don't think so. I, because I know we've been on this train for a while, but there's a lot of people out there, oh, you got to give him five years, the buyout's too much. And then you go through last year after the Georgia game and it just you fall off a cliff. Same thing's happening here. You know, you hit the low point, or at least in my opinion, last year, losing at home to App State. Yeah. Now you just lost by 45 at home. <laughs> you know, and, and so, like, all that kind of builds into this. And, you know, we've talked about on the pod before, you know, even though we owe him this money, it's not like you're cutting him that check. You know? You're yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's facing it out. We've right. got – we got plenty of lawyers on the board of directors who could litigate this thing into eternity mm. and cut that substantially in half. So, you know, it's, it's just, that's what you have to do because I don't think anybody's left that thinks mm. this is the right direction for the program or that the right things are happening. Do, do you think there's any possibility? Is there any scenario where, Will Muschamp and USC would come together and agree on a lesser buyout. Do you, do you think Will yeah. Muschamp? Oh yeah. You think that Absolutely. would that could happen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was talking to a buddy about that, and because I, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? We're 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 seeing it and viewing it and consuming it from our end. Hey, maybe Will Muschamp behind closed doors is miserable too. Because hey, losing is not fun. I don't give it. I don't give it on how much money you're making or whatever. Losing takes a toll on you, and it's not fun. And I mean, Will Muschamp at this point, I think I don't think he's got a friend in Columbia, bro. I I, I mean, just call it for what <laughs> call it for what it is. I mean, I know that's harsh. I, I know that's harsh, but I'm just saying, like, you understand what I'm saying as as far as the way people feel about him and the way he's directed this program. So I, I wonder if there would be a scenario again, like I said, where they would come together and maybe maybe he does take a reduced buyout just to say, you know what, it's not working out. I, I'm going to take what I can get right now. And, and be done with it yeah i mean it, yeah i would like to think that both parties <laughs> would come to that agreement in reality it'll probably end up being something more like here's our army of attorneys mm -hmm. we're gonna fight you on this yeah unless you do this yeah I, I, my, my, my buddy joked with me he's like yeah i think that'd be the honorable thing to do and i'm like you think will muschamp's a man of honor I, that's not the first thing that uh that comes to my mind <laughs> When I think of when I think of Will Muschamp, I, I want to ask you this though. Let's say South Carolina goes throughout the rest of the season. Let's say they finish, they lose out, or they finish three and seven, which I think both of those are the most realistic and very possible scenarios. I, I feel like 
and I don't really know 100% what your feelings are on Bob Castle. I mean, he's the president. It's kind of whatever it is, what it is. You hire a new president. Oh, well. Anyways, though, to me, after hearing everything Bob Castlin has said when he got hired and over the last year and about the expectations of, you know, he's a big sports guy. The expectations yeah. of the football program. We want to beat Clemson. We want to win the games we're supposed to win. We want to compete for titles, blah, blah, blah. If you go two and eight or three and seven or really in any scenario and you don't make this move, I, I really – I look at Bob Castlin as a bit of a hypocrite. And, again, that maybe that's harsh, but – you can't just you, that that lip service that does nothing for me if you're not willing to make the changes necessary to improve the football program because it's like we've talked before, man. You can talk about the buyout, the buyout, the buyout. How can they afford it? How can they? Afford it? If things continue to go the way they're going, if you continue to lose games, and again you finish, let's say two and eight or three and seven, I almost feel you can't afford not to make the move for the long term. For the long term ramifications and effects it's going to have on your program because hey i got to go tour williams bryce stadium i got to see some of the club levels the 2001 club they want fourteen thousand a year fourteen thousand a year for those seats who on god's green earth is paying fourteen thousand dollars a year of their hard-earned money if you go two and eight or three and seven and you bring will muschamp back for a sixth year and everyone knows at that point the only reason he's back is because of a buyout which is a terrible place to be at as a program. I yeah, mean, and like if you think through it, especially from Caslin's perspective, I mean, he was in a tough spot to begin with just because of everything that happened with him coming in as a president. Yeah, yeah, so it was, it was kind of a weird. What, it was kind of an interesting scenario when he got he got the yeah got the job or whatever. Yeah, suffice it to say, it was not the most popular choice. <laughs> right, so right. you know, I think he's. I think he walked into something that he was going to have to walk on eggshells. So you know, I think. Ultimately, he has to make that call. I think the bigger question, really, in this whole thing is what happens to Ray Tanner. Mm. Right. Do you no, hear I, anything I, on that you, front? No, no, nothing on that front. I mean, I, I know it's the – I'll tell you this, though, because here's the biggest thing, and I know people want Ray Tanner fired. I mean, I, I, I totally understand that. I'm not saying he shouldn't be, whatever. But the one thing you can't do is look for a head coach and a new AD at the same time because people want to know who they're going to work for. You know what I mean? There, there aren't many right. head coaches that are going to sign up to be like, I don't even know who my boss is. So if it comes down between, hey, we either have – got to pick one or the other. Either we can fire – we can wait till a point where we can fire both and go from there and it might be a little while or we're just going to keep Ray Tanner as AD but we're going to get rid of Will Muschamp. Keep Ray Tanner as the AD, bro. I, I, I don't give a damn. Just don't let Ray Tanner be the main say or the main hand in number one, finding the new head coach, and number two, you know, uh, organizing his or structuring his new contract because obviously they they failed miserably at that the first time with Will Muschamp with this preposterous buyout they have. So let Bob Castle lead the way. You know, I had somebody asking that too. Do you trust Bob Castle in regards to finding the next new head football coach? Well, I don't think at first he's going to have to do it on his own. I, I would like to think when you're in that position of power. He's going to be able to surround himself with four or five people. They're going to be able to sit at a table like, hey, let's all kind of figure this out together. Let, let's let's make the best decision together. You know what I mean? So I, I don't think it's going to be a thing where he's got to do it on his, on his own. But, um, yeah, I, I think certainly at some point they're, they're going to encourage strongly Ray Tanner to step down because he is a Gamecock legend. I don't think they would fire him. And, dude, his, his number is literally on the fence at Founders Park. I think he deserves right, yeah. a statue outside the baseball stadium. Um, and you can't, agree. can't fight. I'm just saying you can't fire that guy. Like that's, that's a tough look. That's a tough look to fire the all time. Most probably most legendary head coach in your, 
your school's history amongst the big three of the sports. But, um, you know, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't fire him. It would be, no, no, that's what I'm saying. We're yeah. Yeah. A a mutual, like, Hey, we're, we, we want to move a different direction. Like, could you step down? Just step down. Just, just let's let's play. Yeah. (laughs) Let's let's play it off as that. So, um, you know, again, I I think it's going to come back to Castlin. I'm going to be looking directly at Castlin. We've heard a lot of rumors. I I don't think, obviously, I, I think you and I both agree. This thing's not over. And especially if you keep losing football games and Alex, I'm going to say this on the airwaves, and I said it on the Monday show, and I I don't want people – I want people, when they hear this, to have an open mind, but I want to run this by you. We're all Gamecock fans. We all want to see this team on Saturdays. When it gets to Saturday, for example, this weekend at 7.30 against Ole Miss, I'm going to be pulling for South Carolina. I'm going to be pulling for the Gamecocks to get the win. But if you can take a step back and, again, have an open mind, you'll realize if you truly do care about this football program and you care about the long-term success – Results like Saturday night are honestly the best thing that could happen at this point. It's it's a it's a short term loss for a long term gain. That's really what it is at this point. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Look, I I think I made this joke on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, but it's just look, it's just like old Yeller. Like you love the dog, you don't want the dog to suffer, so you got to do something bad in the dog's best interest. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's the same thing. Oh, and that's so, true. yeah, I mean, it's it, like you've got, you know, if App State, if losing at home to App State wasn't enough to do it, yeah. what we've seen the last three weeks should be enough to do it. And, you know, if that's what gets us back being able to compete on that level again, yeah. then that's the best thing for the program. Yeah. yeah it I, sucks for the kids and it sucks for the players who are putting them like, all of this work. Yeah. Cause I mean, you, you know, firsthand, year. you know, firsthand what they're going through. I mean, 100%. Yeah. And it's awful <laughs> because yeah. it's just, it's like, it's hard to keep pushing yourself and stay motivated and all that jazz while you're getting, you know, just curb stomped on the field every weekend. And like, that sucks. But at the end of the day, like, it's, they're not getting what they need. Mm. And so we need to get that to them or the university needs to get that to them. And, you know, results like Saturday night expedite that process. And so that's what has to happen. That's what has to happen. Yeah. Now I agree with you 110%. Again, it's, it's tough for me to say that what I, what I just said, obviously about the, you know, what's best for the program, because like you said, I feel for the players. Like I I really do feel for the players and I I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to wish that. I'll tell you this though, Alex. And I, I, again, I said this, said this on the Monday show, I'm not pulling for South Carolina to lose, but I had a toast. I was at the tailgate Saturday, which it was a blast. Great day for football, great weather day, whatever. A lot of tailgates in Columbia, believe it or not. And I had a toast at a tailgate. I was like, here we go. All right. Cheers to either a South Carolina victory or we're getting one step closer to a new head football coach. And that's kind of the way I'm approaching every single game from here on out. It's like, hey, you know what? If we win, great. If we lose, great. There are positives on both sides. So, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. We've talked a little bit, Alex, about the the potential candidates because, again, I, I, think it is, I think it is the right time to start talking about that because, again, if this thing continues to go the way it, it, it looks like it's going to go and there's nothing to tell you that it's going to turn around magically all of a sudden, um, I think it's time to start having those conversations. You know, I was telling you off air, we put out an article on Monday about top candidates to replace Will Muschamp, and the article got a thousand views within thirty minutes. People, people are a little bit interested to 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 hear yeah. who could possibly be taking the job. But 
I'm not going to ask you necessarily about a specific guy, but I'm going to throw out some names, and I just want to hear your overall thoughts on the names that are floating around. We've heard Hugh Freeze, Shane Beamer, Billy Napier. Uh, we've heard Matt, you know, Luke Fickle. We've heard Matt Heupel. Um, we've heard Joe Brady from the Panthers that was at LSU. Like, those are the most popular names out right now. And then there are some other outliers as well. And we, you know, we, again, talked off air, like maybe like a Bob Stoops is a little unrealistic, even though we'd both love a hire like that. But when you take a look overall at the pool of candidates, like what are your thoughts? I mean, how, how would you feel about South Carolina uh, exploring this, this coaching market for a new head coach, if you will? I mean, I like, I, so I like Luke Fickle a lot. I like Josh Heupel, Joe Brady would be awesome. I don't know enough. I know who Billy Napier is. I don't know enough yeah. about him to make an educated call there, one way or the other. Um, of how the about, ones you how just about, uh, how about Jamie? Freeze. How about Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina? That's a name I've seen thrown around. I, no, no I mean, Power Five experience, but has you know been at Charleston Southern, now Coastal, and he's turned those programs completely around. Um, Obviously, there are pros and cons on both sides. Again, his lack of experience at the, you know, the, the top level, but what he's done with lesser talent, you you can't shy away from. Yeah, that. no, somebody like that, I think that's a good hire. You're getting like a hot young up and comer who wants to do it, and you know, I think going that direction is a good idea. Now, I mean, what about unless you can get somebody like. Like if Urban Meyer said yes, or Bob Stoops said yes, or somebody like that said like yes. Like I said, hey, yeah, you're gonna give him, go give him that but. blank check and a pen and say, hey, write down an amount. It's yours. We're, we're, we want you. <laughs> Why not? Why? It's a good I, I, I want to ask you specifically on Hugh Freeze. That that's a name that has been throwing floating around a lot. Like I told you, um, you know, I, I heard from a a source of mine that somebody that would know people within USC's program. He said he knows a guy in the football ops, and obviously, I'm not going to give his name out there, but a pretty solid source that has told me that Hugh Freeze has been in contact with Ray Tanner. Um, so, again, it's all rumors, but where there's smoke, generally there's fire. What would you think about, again, Hugh Freeze had his his problems off the field. We all understand that at Ole Miss, but the bottom line is the guy has won wherever he's gone. They literally just beat Virginia Tech over the weekend. They're 7-0 and at Liberty in his second season there, and I know it's Liberty, and week in, week out, they're not playing you know, the, the, the elite competition, but still, the guy has won no matter where he was. And we talked a little bit. you know, He won with an Ole Miss program that I would say is very comparable to South Carolina in the sense that it's like not a ton of tradition. It's not the easiest place to win, and – he recruited at a really, really high level, was able to beat Alabama. I mean, they they accomplished a lot, and he's an offensive-minded guy. He does have those SEC ties, which, again, I don't think should be the end-all, be-all, but that is something that really stands out to people as important. The name Hugh Freeze, how, how would you feel about that one? I mean, I'd be fine with Hugh Freeze as long as we didn't give him a cell phone. A good point that's that's really my only no no burner phones you no bur no burners <laughs> no, no burners for huey huey baby um no i'd be fine with you freeze like he's obviously a good coach i don't know like i know there was like some show cause stuff as far as he got terminated yeah well and they they had some sanctions come down to some recruiting violence yeah so i mean as long as we're not like taking penalties together right. yeah that's fine yeah, and I, I think if nothing else, a guy like Hugh Freeze, we, we talked about this with like Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. And I listen, I understand the struggles Leach, but 
Ooh, a boy. guy like a guy like Hugh Freeze would make the South Carolina football program once again interesting. Just if nothing yeah. else, they'd be interesting. Which at this Correct. point, then, at this point, I think Gamecock fans. I, I was talking to my buddy about this a little bit earlier today. I'm like, dude, when you're looking at the next head coach, like I feel like, oh, is this the guy that's going to get us to a national championship? Is almost so unfortunately so far removed from people's minds. It's all about yeah. Can we just find a coach that's going to make watching Carolina football fun again? I mean, honestly, like it's gotten to that point where like people aren't even looking forward to game day with Will Muschamp anymore. That's like I was joking with you. I'm like, dude, I'll take anybody. I don't care who it is. I mean, go hire Steven Garcia. I don't care. Yeah, sure. it. I, yeah. At this point, I genuinely just want somebody else. Right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, 99% of the fan base feels the exact same way. So yeah, anybody that's got a pulse and has, I cannot stress this enough, has a winning record where they were before yeah, or didn't get fired because they couldn't win where they were before. Sure. Just shovel them in there. That's like, good. I, I honestly, I look at the pool of candidates, Alex, and it's, it's so funny because I still think to myself, I don't think there's a coach out there you'd hire who has a worse track record than Will Muschamp had at Florida. There's not a single one. Literally not a single one. Like, even I mean, with the off-the-field stuff. Keep that, Bobo. Right. I'm, I'm, yeah, no, no, and, and I'm not counting Bobo in this because, that. I mean, if they did that, I'm, I'm done with Carolina football. I mean, it's bottom, <laughs> bottom line. I'm sorry. Like, no offense to Mike Bobo, but it's, you know, come on. It's just need to completely gut the thing. But – uh no, it's just I don't think there's a coach out there that has a worse track record than Muschamp had when you hired him, which is crazy to say. I mean, really, it is. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so that's so that's where kind of that's kind of where Carolina football sits right now, Alex. Obviously, I mean, we could we could talk about this game against Ole Miss and break it down. And you're a seven point dog on the road in Oxford. <clears throat> as bad as it sounds, I don't even really want to waste the breath because I I think we could just say, hey, what, what do you need to see from this team? You need to see everything. I mean, I, what, what do you not need to see from this football team? I think we both agree a quarterback change is probably for the best. Does it really equate to any more positive results? I highly doubt it. Um, but, you know, it, it's very interesting, this old Miss game. It could serve as a game where, hey, maybe, maybe this group of guys in the locker room, they really come together and get each other's back, and they say, screw the outside noise, and – Maybe they surprise people and pull an upset. Or maybe this is the game that really puts the final nail in Will Muschamp's coffin. I mean, it could be one of yeah. the two. It, I mean, because we'll score points. Yeah, I mean, but, God willing, but Ole Miss will also does. score points. Ole Miss is going to score a lot of points. Lane Kiffin is going to score a lot of points. Mm -hmm. So Yes. Yeah. So th that's kind Take of the, the – that, Yeah, that, that's <laughs> – dude, and by the way, we'll obviously talk gambling tomorrow. I couldn't believe it. The over-under in this game is 71 and a half. Okay, maybe 71 and a half. That seems like a lot. That seems like an insane amount. That's a me. classic pack. Are they expecting Ole total? Miss to score f at least 50, it seems? I mean, they must be expected to score 50. They have to. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe yeah. Maybe they will. Yeah, somebody's going to get to 40 for sure. So Yeah, oh, yeah. that's a given. Yeah, I mean, if you're having that type of total, yeah, that's a given. Um, okay, again, we, we've talked Ole Miss. We get it. South Carolina with that challenge. Maybe they can pull the upset. Maybe not. Whatever. Let's talk golf, my friend. Um, yes. Yeah, the Masters this weekend. I, I'm not sure. who. Do you know who is the favorite? Who's the betting favorite? Is it Rice? Uh, it, oh, it's DeChambeau. Okay. And which, I, by the way, I saw video of him, like, warming up and stuff like that. And 
Dude, I don't know if he's like on roids. I know he's gotten jacked, obviously, but what is he eating? Like 16 eggs a day for breakfast or something like that? Like, dude, dude has completely changed his game. He's not bringing out the long driver this week. They already said on Golf Channel. Said that uh, he didn't like the way he was hitting or something. But apparently, he played a practice round, they said, with Sandy Lyles a few weeks ago. They said the lines he's taking on some of these holes is, like, absurd. Like, nobody's ever hit there. Um but overall, I guess I'll ask you, Tiger looking to defend his his crown, and it's been it's they said I think they said it's been 19 months since the Masters in April of 2019. What what are yep. you what are you most looking forward to from this Masters tournament? Again, it's it's an unprecedented year, but I think honestly, it's gonna be really cool because I've been there. I know you said you've never been there, right? No, I've been there. Oh, you have been there. Okay. Well, you've been on the grounds then. It's going to be really, really cool, I think, for people to get a look truly at Augusta National because it's one thing to see it with the people and the grandstands and the ropes and kind of how we all know how we're accustomed to it. But getting to see truly the layout of the golf course and see like just the the majesty, the hallowed grounds that is Augusta National, I think that is going to be awesome for people to get to see that. Oh, yeah. No, just the lines you're going to be able to see for you know that you would never otherwise get to see in the backdrops that you you know would be covered up by grandstands it's, i think that's going to be the coolest thing about it, is that you just get to actually see the whole course and two it should make it it should make it play tougher although i've, I've heard some things about it being super soft right now so they may tear it apart anyway <laughs> but you know where you know you've got all these you know patrons walking around they trample the grass down for a week Right. You know, it's not going to be there anymore. So that's going to be grown up. That's going to be much harder to miss in some of those spots. So I think it adds an element to it that we've never seen before. And I think that's what makes it really cool to watch it in this, you know, weird 2020. Do you have like a favorite master's moment? Like one that sticks out like a, a tournament that you, uh, I, like I'll tell you mine, for example, probably for me, I was a 13 year old kid, but I remember I'll never forget watching 04 when Phil won with my dad. That, that yeah. was we were at home, obviously, but that was like awesome because I, I grew up. We were we we pulled for Phil Mickelson, and as like it, I look back, it's funny because Tiger Woods we looked at was like he was like the villain, you know what I mean? It's like right, yeah. Phil had never won one, and then the way it unfolded. And if you remember the '04 Masters, like the dramatics were crazy. Like guys are hitting shots left and right, and then just the way it, it finished out, obviously, was incredible. But Masters moment for you that uh, sticks out for you. Uh, so like watching Tiger win it last year and get to like run up and hug his son. Yeah. After, and then when they interspersed that, when he was hugging his dad, when he won it the first time, I thought was really cool. Um, the chip in, in 05. Yeah, that was sick. On 16. My dad, my dad was on 16, by the way. So jealous. When that happened? Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Incredible. Um, the Jordan Spieth meltdown <sighs> at 12. 12 will get just, you, man. I, 12 will get you. 12 will get you. But that really, I think that ruined Jordan mentally. Um, uh, yeah, he has, he, has he has been the same. He has not been the same player since. He he just, you can say whatever you want. He's still obviously very successful and he's made a lot of money playing golf and he's still a name. But I think his career took a whole different path after that. There's no question. The, and I would also, I think this one was also 04, was the, that was the one where Phil hit that roping hook out of the pine straw on 13 correct i think that one was 2012 that was later because i know the shot you're talking that about later yeah that was later okay 
that, that I mean, he's that, hit a, I, he's I, hit a couple of shots on 13 that were nuts, but I think the one you're, yeah, I think the one you're talking about was later. Cause that was an insane shot. It was insane in the, but in the Bubba pull sling out yes, of the pine yes. straw in the playoff. I think that was those, those are the ones. Yeah, I want to say. I think that was. 10. I think that was twenty four. I think you went in twenty fourteen and twenty. Oh, was it? I okay. think it was twenty fourteen. Okay, it was later. Okay. Um, but yeah, those are those are the, like thinking through it. Those are the ones that stick yeah. out to me, which I know are probably it's a lot of recency bias there. But those are there's no, ones no, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, so it's funny. My dad. Here's a funny story. My dad actually, because again, I'm from North Augusta, and my you know my dad's from North North Augusta, whatever. Um, my dad actually used to work the Masters when he was younger. He worked on the uh, the, the scoreboard at 14. So he got nice. to see, like, you know, Jack Nicholas and, like, I mean, all the greats. Like, he was he was working the scoreboard on 14 and 86 when Jack won. Like, he wow. saw some pretty – and I remember my first ever Masters I went to, and, I mean, I barely remember it, obviously, but it was 1998. I think that was Jose Maria Oltobler. Maybe it was 99. The year, the, the, the year that – uh. Jose Maria Oltaba won. So it was either yeah. 98 or 99. But like my dad was on, my dad was there when uh Sandy Lyles uh chipped in to beat Greg Norman in the playoffs. Sick. I mean, yeah, just some awesome, awesome moments. But uh I- I'll ask you in closing here, Alex. Obviously, again, we're all fired up. We're all looking forward to the Masters. I, I know I'm super pumped for it. You had to pick a guy. Who- who- who's your guy you're riding this week? You think's gonna get it? Some good as players a, as a lifelong, in the field. As- as a lifelong Tiger fan, you think he goes back to back? No, he's not going to go back to back. I would <laughs> like for him to, right? right. But uh, if I had to put money on somebody, I hate Bryson DeChambeau so much, and I wish. Why? Why do you hate just... him? Is it just because he's the analytical guy? Like he's a big nerd, or what? No, no, it's not. It's not. The, it's just he takes it so seriously. It's just like, yeah, well, of course I had to do it this way because of the math, and I'm like, dude. Yeah just lean we i didn't really care for phil either until like semi recently because he kind of leaned into it like where he started he's, yeah, he's like, almost started making fun of himself correct and it's like Bryson especially takes when so he got seriously. twitter by the way phil has become yeah one of the best followers on twitter he's hilarious he's like he, like his fireside chats with phil are gold yeah, those are on instagram gold. and yes. so like he's leaned into it and i appreciate that and i like bryson is like gone the other way. He just takes right. himself so seriously. He's like, I'm just going to put on all this bulk and I'm going to hit the ball a mile. Cool. Like, but have fun with it. Don't be what you're be. Don't be Bryson. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I would say if I was going to put money on somebody, it'd probably be DJ Rory. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. I think Brooks, I, I know Brooks hasn't been playing well. That's the only thing, but I, I have to think Brooks is eventually going to get him one. I, I just, I like his game. But, yeah, I think DJ's honestly a really good one. I think DJ's a, a good – I'd, like I'd like to see Brooks and Kepka – well, I'd like to see Brooks and uh, Bryson get into a fist fight, which I know almost <laughs> happened once. But It's so crazy. I think that would be – I one. think this one's so tough to pick, too, because we haven't – like, I mean, when's the last time you watched golf on TV? Like, I, I, I don't feel – it's been, like, weird because of the year. Like, I, I just know, like, I haven't seen a whole lot of golf. Like, I don't even really know who's playing well or – whatever but uh i mean it'll it's gonna be weird about the crowds obviously but obviously it's still it's the masters man that's all you got to say it's the masters and you know those guys will be fired up and everything so alex man i'm looking forward to it. appreciate uh obviously you taking the time as always and uh i don't know if i'll be more fired up to talk to you next week about the result of the masters or carolina football or i don't know <laughs> so what, the best the best part is we have options we have so options that's whichever, it. One, whichever one we want to talk about we that's it there. it could be the worst masters tournament of all time and it'll still probably be more fun to talk about than 
what what Will Muschamp will put on the field in Oxford, unfortunately. So, no, Alex, always good a pleasure, job. man. Appreciate you taking the time. We'll do it again next week for sure. Okay. Sounds Absolutely. good, man. He's, good to see. Good talk yes, to you. Yes, sir. He's Alex McGrath. I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on the episode of the Spurs Up Show. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.